You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Go Hayes, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You know, you're going to have to change that here comes the judge thing because Aaron Judge is not hitting a lick since he's come back. He's going to have to earn his right to be on this open. On the open for Ace Cast Live because he's not getting the job done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Ace Cast Live from the field. It's a beautiful Monday here in Oakland, California. As the Texas Rangers are in town, we have a phenomenal show for you. I thought you said you weren't going to get C.J. Nikowski, the great left-hander. Well, it looks like they throw curveballs at you, so there you go. Wow. We're going to have C.J. Nikowski, of course, does color for the Texas Rangers, also does a radio show, even though it's not radio. It's it's, uh, not terrestrial, of course. It's Sirius XM. It's satellite radio. But he is going to join us. What time does his show end, him with – he and Spilly. I think their show is, what, three hours, so their show would be over at two our time? Because like I'm that? always listening to it on the way up, so he must have just got done and gotten over here. So the great C.J. Nikowski, always love him talking baseball. We've got two Hall of Famers on today. As yet, we're still beaming from yesterday because it was awesome. Dennis Eckersley, we're going to have here for you at 4.30, and Ricky Henderson at 5.30. And whenever you can get those two, and for us – just to take you behind the curtain, turn me up just a little bit. It is hard, a little more, a little more. It is hard to get Ricky. It is hard to get Eck. It's just. That's how we had to count so we can both fit in the shot. Well, you could slide over just a little bit. I mean, can't you slide over? Jesus. There we go. Live television. Wow, we're going to. Maybe we need to get you some shakes or something. Like, you're filling out the screen, big guy. Or is it me? Well, we're actually really zoomed in. <laughs> we can actually zoom it out a little bit too. But zoom it out a little bit. I, I feel like we're a little, we're we're a little, we're a little close. There you go. Well, I, you I, go. I don't I don't like having the uh, it's an aesthetics thing. I don't like having the, the corner of the television. Or the it's table. all right. We're a live show. They see what we got. I got the and you know, we got notes and we got iPads. We got everything. So yesterday was it was really cool if you got to be here yesterday and got to see the hall of fame 
induction ceremony, the A's Hall of Fame. It's one of the great things we have done lately for our organization because of so many great players to remember the great players. You know, to see Gene Tennis, who we have had Gene Tennis on this program and then also my other shows at other radio stations, we've had Gene Tennis on a lot. And to see him, you could see the emotion with Ray, Poss- with Ray Fossey, the beloved Ray Fossey, recently passing away, Sal Bando, and, of course, Vita Blue. The emotion that he had yesterday, as we've talked so much, whether it was two years ago with the 72, this year with the 73, what we'll do next year with the 74 World Series teams, these guys, they grew up together as young men. It started in Kansas City, came here to Oakland, and blossomed into one of the best dynasties in the history of baseball, winning three straight World Series. But they grew up together. They grew up together as young men, then they got married, then they had kids, and they were together for a long time. You know, G. Tennis was talking about how he lived with Sal Bando for so many years, and that yesterday during his speech when he broke down, and you just see the emotion as they know that every single time they're honored, that you got to cherish it because you don't know how many more of these you're going to have and how long we're going to have these guys. That meant a lot. Carney Lansford, as a guy that grew up in the Bay Area, grew up in the South Bay, loving those A's teams and loving those players and then playing here, starring here, being the captain of truly, I mean, the 1989 team is one of the best teams of all time. I know they only won one, went to three straight, only won one, but that 89 team, I mean, absolutely stacked. And this guy's the captain of that. What a career Carney Lansford had. And then you think of Jason Giambi, now Oakland A's Hall of Famer. Jason Giambi was a star. Jason Giambi was a guy that, you know, from the time he was at Long Beach State playing on ESPN in the College World Series, shooting up through the A's system, you know, being mentored by Mark McGuire, and really the start of the turnaround when you look at 1999 into 2000, being an MVP, putting the A's back on the map, representing the athletics nationally in the All-Star game. Everybody knew they had a beast at first base. And reality is he should have won MVP back-to-back seasons when you look at 2000 and 2001. I mean, cover of Sports Illustrated, Jason Giambi was a big deal. And what was great about the induction ceremony yesterday was the eras. The eras of having someone from the 70s, someone from the 80s, someone from late 90s, 2000s. That's why we want to talk about what we're trying to promote today, athletics.com slash vote. We're voting for our next class. And you have until September 6th? Correct, September 6th. And you only get three guys, and it really is tough. It really, really is because you start thinking about, well, this isn't the ballot. This, is the ba- this isn't the ballot. Yeah, those are all the guys. I broke it down. Simeon's on there? No, that, that was for that you and one that's put together ours from 2012. Oh, okay. Cause, cause so it's from here to there. I'm looking at the list. And I've been talking to a lot of people. Actually, our A's historian, Dave Feldman, and I were texting last night. He'll be on the show tomorrow. And it really is tough because you how do you vote? You only get three votes. You have all these players. So many of these players, you want to get them in. They, they deserve that green jacket. 
not Augusta National winning the green jacket, Oakland A's Hall of Fame green jacket, and you you want to get people in at the right time before it's too late, but you want to get people in who obviously deserve it. And I think about certain players. That's why you guys need to get out. Athletics.com slash vote. Athletics.com slash vote. It's not going to be easy. There's so many deserving guys. Once again, you have guys from the 70s. You have guys from the 80s and 90s. You got the guys from early 2000s. I'm kind of torn. Like, I immediately go, what about the big three? But I go, the big three, they're all young. Yeah. You know, knock on wood, you know, those guys are young. Miguel Tejada has to be in. He's an MVP. Miguel Tejada was a great he – was, he's young. So I start weighing those types of things. And you might say, no, I'm just going to vote the way I vote. Who are the three that I think – there could be an other. You can vote for Commander Cody. You can go in? No, I don't think broadcasters are allowed in. There's a money more award. So Bill King's not in. Ken Korak's not in. I'm considered a broadcaster. I don't think I'm eligible even though I'm far more deserving in so many ways. So, so write you in, though. <laughs> right in, right in ballot. Yeah, why, why not? There's, <laughs> it doesn't say there's no – I don't, I don't remember reading any I don't think I'm eligible. No, but, you know, one guy – Should we give out the name so people know who's on the ballot? No, they can go. All right. Athletics.com slash vote. I think the one guy that – I already know who I have to have in, and I think he needs to go in – and it's going to be controversial. I get it. I think for a lot of fans who are my age. Oh, they're going to go with yourself and say that you're controversial. I am controversial, but <laughs> I'm not as controversial as this guy. There's no doubt in my mind you can make a case. If you want to go numbers, you want to go stardom. Jose Canseco is one of the great A's of all time. Just not Oakland A's, A's. The numbers are incredible. What he did as an A, like if Jose Canseco had stayed here his entire career and I told you 462 home runs, 1,407 RBIs, and an 857 career OPS and a career 132 OPS plus, you'd say that's greatness. Yeah, that's, that's a very good career. I mean, if you start looking at Jose Canseco's OPS pluses as an A, they're incredible. 170, 147, 159, 157. Jose Canseco was a great player. He was a 40-40 guy. He was an MVP. He's a World Series champion. He's an all-star. He was a rookie of the year. I mean, come on. I know it's controversial. I, I, I'll, I'll, You know what? I love Jose Canseco. I know he's bat, you know what, crazy. I get it. But Jose Canseco is truly one of the best players in this organization's history he deserves to be in. I don't disagree with you. I think Jose, for what he did in 88 and, you know, on the 89 team, even, you know, just just the, the, the love for the fans have for him is a big reason. He can't, I don't know if it's controversial because, I mean, he's on the ballot. I mean, so, he's I mean, on the ballot, but, you know, I mean, there's a reason he's never around and he was such a great player. Then it's, again, it's controversial. Then again, on the Major League Baseball ballot, I mean – Dude, look what you did. Kurt Schilling's on there. And look at ninety. Look at ninety-one. Forty-four bombs, hundred and twenty-two RBIs, and twenty-six stolen bases, and a nine-fifteen OPS. Jose Canseco was a monster. I think he's got to be in. That's on my ballot. Number two on my ballot. I got to go. Ken Holtzman. 
I'm going to dip back into the 70s. Kim, Ken Holtzman is one of the most influential pitchers in this organization's history. Even though he doesn't have the big timeline being here, it's the games that he started, especially World Series games, always pitching the first World Series game, pitching on this team. Ken Holtzman is one of the great pitchers in this organization's history, especially because of the postseason. Where he is, his age, his health, I vote for Ken Holtzman. I think he needs to be in. Yeah, people forget he was traded for Rick Monday with the uh, when he was acquired. So, And he helped the, put the A's over the top, and he was a staple in the rotation. So, yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, yeah, I want to say Dick Green because what he did on defense, but, yeah, I think Ken Holtzman might be the guy from that era. And then thirdly, we just saw him here because he's buddies with Carney Lansford and Dave Stewart and played on the 1989 team. I think something that we need to check – and I don't think people really think about it. Terry Steinbach played 11 years here in Oakland. 11. World Series champion, three-time All-Star, All-Star MVP, 11 years as an Oakland athletic. What are we, this year 57 for the A's? Yes. How many play? We've got our research oh, staff. Yes. Yeah. It's 57, right? 60, 68 to now would be. Uh-oh. This is that This is that Penn State. This is Pennsylvania. Whoa, don't, don't, I, I didn't go to Penn State. I don't, not I Penn don't. State, but whatever the cut. This is your Pennsylvania yeah, that, education. Not, yeah, that sounds about right. It's not 54. We came here in 68. So this would be 55 then. Is it 55? Yeah, 68-5, yeah. Yeah, 55? Yeah. All right, in 55 years, maybe I'm just ahead of myself. 55 years, how many guys have played 11 years straight for the A's? Not many. Find that out, research staff. How many guys have played 11 straight years for the A's? Think about that. Terry Steinbach played 11 years for the A's. Don't you can't count Ricky because he's came back and left. No, no multiple it's times. gone back, gone, and Ricky doesn't even amount to 11 years. Think about that: 11 years, World Series champion, three-time All-Star, and was here for 11 years. And as a catcher, they'll all tell you how great he was defensively. He also had a 7.56 OPS during that time for the A's as a catcher. Yeah, it's impressive. You trying to tell me Terry Steinbach at, at 61 years old? Should not be in the A's Hall of Fame. No, I, I don't. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't. We keep putting on guys. We keep putting on guys that have far less time. Now they've had great careers, but they've had far less times uh, being in an A's uniform. So I, I got to have Terry Steinbach in mind. CJ, how are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic, man. What's going on? We were just talking about the uh, – we had the ceremonies yesterday yeah. for the A's Hall of Fame. It was, I saw your thing with Jambi. It was awesome. Oh, he was great. Yeah. And then you you look at Gene Tennis and you look at Carney Lansford. You played for what, eight teams? Eight, yeah. I'm not going to anybody's Hall of Fame. Wait, that's eight different <laughs> Hall of Fames you could be in. I just want to go to one Yankee old-timers day, but that's not going to happen either. That would be awesome. It would be fun. Growing up there and having done it, but no chance. You gotta have you done something like significant on the field to get invited to that old timers day. It's a big one. That is a, that is big league. Yeah. There, there, there's no question about it. How are you, first off? Good, good. You know, we're here for a full week. It's wild because the Rangers have the Giants after this. Oh so my god! So we checked into our hotel yesterday. We'll be in that same hotel for seven nights. 
Oh, nice. Because there's an off day on Thursday. So you're in San Francisco for a full week. Yeah, how about it? How so, rare is that? Super rare. I don't think I've ever done it. Somebody asked me today, like, any point in your career where you went somewhere, you know, played basically two teams in the same city for a whole week? I'm like, I don't think I've ever done it. So it's exciting. Plus, I was just telling somebody, Friday is an Apple game. So, so you're off. off. So I'm off from Wednesday afternoon until Saturday Dinner night. Dinner reservations, playing golf, uh, you need help. My wife's can... coming in, and we're going to head up north for a little bit. Oh, nice. A little map. nap up. Yeah, Good for yeah. you. Good for you. Cause, I'm, I'm excited. Because usually you don't get this. No. I mean, they talk about the dog days of summer. I think a lot of our fans, because we don't have the extreme heat, mm-hmm. don't understand, like, now that you've been playing, you had a little bit of the All-Star break, a little break, but now you're in August. Everywhere you go, it's the humidity. This is really a tough time of the year. Yeah, it's still nice here. I know people will complain. We were in San Diego uh, after, before this last home stand the Rangers had. People were apologizing to us about how hot it was. Like, <laughs> save it. It was 105 in Texas this week. Yeah. And we're inside now, which is nice. Yeah. And that's a game changer. But when I first started this job, we were at the old ballpark. And to be over 100 degrees, first pitch at 7 o'clock at night was not uncommon this time of year. So it's beautiful here like it always is, um, and it's nice to be out of humidity. You know, we, we talk about you all the time as one of the guys that's come on this show for a long time as we've grown in success and we've always appreciated it. And I always want to tell them that you're just not doing the Rangers. Loud outs on Sirius XM. It's a show that I listen to. Spillborgs comes on, to the, on this program also. <laughs> we listen to you guys coming up here, Spilly and Colorado. And, and, and it really allows, I think, for you to do more, you know, more than just talking Rangers. Mm. You know the game. You know the sport. You know the teams. I think it's great for you, for your person. Everything you get to show everybody, you're more than just sitting here talking Rangers baseball. Well, I try not to ever make it about me, but I, I love it. I love what we do. I'll be on that show tomorrow. It's 2 to 5 Eastern time um, with Ryan Spielborgs. And, you know, it keeps you kind of locked in to everything else that's going on around the league, right? When you cover one team – uh, it's easy to just get so laser-focused yeah. on your club and just lose track a little bit of what's going on. The big thing has been, I know that you're probably in the same spot, you start getting those guests, right? And so then you start you talk to people regularly, sometimes managers that we have on regularly, uh, and then you run into them at the ballpark, right? So you've already kind of developed a relationship. That part is really nice. Uh, talking to players, coaches, front office executives from different teams around the league is, is really cool too. And it's just it's fun to talk shop, right, and get in. We all love the game, and uh, to be able to do it for three hours a couple of days a week, is uh, I love it. It's a blast. Yeah, and, it, and right now, now, I, now that we have essentially the the new playoff format, mm. I mean, it's like every I was watching earlier. The Dodgers beat the Padres. Our guy Bo Mel, they lose three out of four in San Diego yeah. to the Dodgers. Dodgers have owned them, other than the playoffs. So you start looking. I mean, it's like every single day, Rangers in first place, but mm. you're always Astros crept up. I mean, scoreboard watching in August probably more than ever because everybody's jockeying for position. Yeah. You know what's funny about that? I've asked Craig Council this question. Uh, I've asked others as well and said, you know, do you scoreboard watch? And they said, be lying to you if I told you we didn't. And they talk about it even much earlier in the season. Yeah. I remember as a player, 1998, I was playing for the Astros, and we were sitting down in the bullpen, and somebody said something about a score. Like, oh, you know, so-and-so lost maybe a team that was, you know, in it or whatever it might have been back when the Astros were a National League team. And said, You're not scoreboard watching in May, are you? <laughs> I remember Sean Berry was the one to say, he's like, come on, in May? Give me a break. But I think yeah. some of these managers will admit, um, especially when you're in the hunt right now, right, a team like Milwaukee obviously battling in that National League Central, um, that they're paying attention. They're definitely watching those, especially I think it was Counts that said it. It's like my my perch, you know, in the dugout, I can't help but see the out-of-town scoreboard. It's kind of right past our pitcher or whatever it is. And so uh, he checks it all the time, and I know a lot of them do as well. Yeah, it's always the excuse because right here in Oakland, it's always in front (laughs) of you. Since the trading deadline undefeated, Rangers. Yeah, playing some really good baseball, battling injuries. 
um, which has been an issue for them. Uh, Corey Seager seems like every time he's disappeared, he's come back, he hasn't missed a beat. He's having the best season of his career. He's missed a little bit of time on the IL. But they're playing some, some really good baseball right now. Uh, all things going well. Starting pitching has been really good. Obviously, picking up Max Scherzer is a nice add at a time when they lost Nate Evaldi. Yeah. Right, Evaldi's probably going to be out maybe September or so. We'll see. I saw him doing some dry work out there uh, a little while ago. No doubt he's real eager to get back. Uh, but they have found a way. That has been the story all year long. Certainly a good roster they put together. But the reason that they've been able to maintain this position in first place, it seems like when something happens, somebody goes down. Jacob DeGrom goes down. Dane Dunning steps in, who's going tonight. He's been fantastic uh, in that rotation. Nobody replaces Jacob DeGrom, but that's kind of been the story. Corey Seager went down for a little while. Ezekiel Duran steps in and plays third, excuse me, at short and does it at a really high level and starts hitting well. So there's been a lot of that going on. The additions that they have made going back to even pre-trade deadline when they brought in Aroldis Chapman, he's been terrific so far. Uh, they've done a really nice job. Depth of roster has been tested, but they've had the pieces to step up when they need it. And Young, the third baseman, goes down yesterday. You're like, oh, my God, that's like four of the All-Stars yep. are gone. And Duran will slide over now and play third for a little while. He had slowed down somewhat offensively, but he came in that game yesterday and ended up hitting a home run in his first at-bat after replacing uh, Josh Young. So that was really good uh, to see for him. He's a good player. He really is. And so uh, he's now going to be once again asked to be that guy that steps in for an injured star. So, yeah, that part has been tough, having four of your All-Stars. And it was nice that they were able to send six to the All-Star game. But to have four go on the IL since then um, has been concerning. I think with the pitchers, they knew it to some degree, right? It had to be built in based on how many starts a lot of those guys made last year, like Andrew Heaney, even John Gray, Nate Valdi, Andrew Heaney, all missed some time last year. So they knew they were probably going to miss some time this year, and so they made sure they had the depth built in. So what is it like, Max Scherzer? I mean, <laughs> this is a big deal, right? Verlander coming back, obviously a big deal to the Astros, but he's already – it's like he left for vacation yeah. and he came back. Bringing in Scherzer just – for the clubhouse, for the organization, for when he walked onto the plane. I mean, what was it like? So, yeah, it wasn't their trade deadline, but when I first got back, you could pick up on it pretty quickly. And some guys have already talked about it. Even Dane Dunning. It's interesting. You look at a team like this that has played well, no drama surrounding this team, a lot of good guys, all that stuff has worked out really well. You wouldn't think that they needed any kind of boost, right? But yet somehow Max Scherzer has found a way to provide one. You know, Dane Dunning, the way he kind of described it was, you know, it's just a little bit more of like, hey, this is for real. Not that they didn't think it already, right? But a little more focus now. Step it up a little bit. Here come the Astros. They're on our heels, and there's an intensity to Max Scherzer, especially on game day, which you'll see tomorrow. I know we've seen it for years from the other side, yeah. but from beginning to end, from the time that he arrives at the ballpark uh, until the game is over, it's different. Uh, and there's a lot of good pitchers on this team and certainly a lot of great ones around the league. But what he does and the way he does it and carries himself, it's kind of fascinating to see, quite honestly, at his age, the still have that level of energy and focus and how much he cares about uh, winning and making the guys around him better. It's It's been fun. Yeah, he definitely has changed things in, in a situation where you didn't think anything needed to change. You're bringing in the dude. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting. We see in professional sports, we just don't have that many trades in the NFL. Basketball, too many of the trades are about contracts. I mean, in our sport, you still can bring in the guy in your career, and it can go either way. Yeah where you're bringing in the guy or you're losing the guy and it just deflates the clubhouse. In your career, 
Was there ever a time on one of your teams where you brought the guy in or you lost that guy and it, the whole dynamic just changes? So the biggest one was that same year in 1998 when I was playing in Houston. We were a first-place team playing pretty well, but the rotation was good, but a lot of guys were doing it for the first time. Randy Johnson yeah. came in at the deadline and changed everything. Very similar to Max Scherzer in the sense that, first of all, he had the pedigree, he had the track record. I mean, he continued to get better even after that because that was the first time that he, quote-unquote, was in the National League. I get it, he was in the National League in the beginning of his career in Montreal but he wasn't Randy Johnson in Montreal, right? He became Randy Johnson in Seattle. And so that big trade that sent John uh, Halama, uh, was it um, Carlos Guillen was in that trade as well. Uh, Freddie, the right-handed pitcher, why am I forgetting his last name, did really well for them. Garcia. Garcia did really well for them. Those three guys went to Seattle, and it was a good trade kind of both ways. Randy Johnson completely elevated things. Like 10 and 1, right? Yeah, he was amazing while he was <laughs> he there. Was and it was about having a game one starter in the postseason, uh -huh. quite honestly. He went head to head with Kevin Brown against the Padres, lost to him, but it was, you know, it was a great atmosphere. Um, he was there. He, you know, he, he showed up in a big way, the way that an ace would. Unfortunately for the Astros those years, they just couldn't score runs uh, in the postseason. But that was a big one. That was a game changer. That's when the deadline was at midnight. And we were on the, we must have been on the East Coast when it happened, because I remember it went to midnight and no news, and it wasn't until like 12.03, 12.04, it started trickling in that we had picked up Randy Johnson. And when you're talking about bringing in the big guy, yeah. you're bringing in a big <laughs> guy, Randy Johnson. So I, I think about the Rangers, and I think about Bruce Bochy, and it's not going to be a surprise here in the Bay Area to our fan base. I mean, obviously what Bruce Bochy did in San Francisco when he came from San Diego and won those three championships, but when you're talking probably nationally, on, on your talk show mm -hmm. explaining, like, listen, this has made a complete difference in Texas. There's no question. Yeah, it absolutely has. I mean, everything has been elevated over the last year plus or so, but I think for Boach, even though he wasn't the last piece when all the roster moves started happening, he might have been the biggest piece. I think people knew when Corey Seager came in, Marcus Simeon came in, a combined $500 million between the two of them that things were about to change, uh, but the Bruce Bochy uh, hiring, I think, really did kind of change things and take it to another level, and we've seen it. I mean, every, like you said, everyone that is in this area knows all about it and has seen it for a long time, but the level of professionalism, I think the thing that gets me a little bit that's still not, – not that it surprises me, but you can see it on the outside, how competitive he really is, right? To take that time off, he's got World Series under his belt, he's going to the Hall of Fame, we know all of that. It hasn't changed anything about how competitive he is day in and day out, and the guys pick up on that, but yet there's also this calmness to him, a professionalism that it's one of those things that you just kind of fall in line. I was, I, Bobby Cox to me was very similar. I got to play for him in Atlanta, and there was such a respect for Bobby Cox, and he was your biggest fan when you had a Braves uniform on. That you felt valued when you were there, but you also wanted to show up every single day for him and, and never mess anything up, not in a bad way, not in that heavy pressure that's going to lock you up, but it kind of freed you up uh, to be the best that you could be, and I think Bruce Bochy does that for our guys. All right, let's end on this and get you out of the sun. <laughs> um, I got the standings here. All right. You can buy a stock. In, all right. All right. It's going to be a cheap stock, but you think it's going to come out big for you. We're, so we're looking long-term here? like no, we're, oh. we're, we're, we're talking a team that may – I am not. I don't want, want, want you to take one of the favorites. Okay. I want you to pick me somebody. Like, you know what? I'll give you an example. Like, I love that the Cubs didn't yeah. do anything, and now they're red hot and they're scoring a ton of runs. Yep. Give, me a, give me a team that, you know what, I'd, I'd throw a little money on that team because, you know what, if they get in – 
they're deadly. Yeah, I don't know if the Cubs are deadly necessarily, but I think they have a chance to get in now. I actually had them uh, as a pre uh, preseason chance to be a postseason team, which I think a lot of people didn't see it that way, but it's all starting to come together now. A lot of it had to do with the starting pitching. That starting pitching hasn't been as good. Marcus Stroman obviously has struggled and has been hurt, um, but they're really good and they're fun to watch, which is good for that market. At the National League in general uh, is, is getting pretty crazy. The National League wild card. Uh, it's yeah. going to be a great fight. It's really hard. I will tell you, between Milwaukee, Cincinnati, the Cubs, it's really hard to differentiate. I could see where a team like maybe the uh, Reds start to fall off. I'd be worried about the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, they've been struggling. They're starting to they've fall been off. terrible. The they've Marlins been, yeah, have been terrible. Yeah, I mean, the, the Orioles obviously have been a great So I'm trying to think if there's any real good I, – I, the, the, the Cubs are probably the best of the group. I'm trying to come up and think if there's another team in there right now. I think everyone's got their eyes on who the real contenders are. The Padres are slipping fast um, right now. But I think you stole the best one in the Cubs. I don't want, and I don't want to say anybody in our division because I don't want to get in trouble. I will tell you there's a team in our division that I'm a little bit concerned about, our division meaning the American League West. But I'm not going on air saying that I'm worried about them. I can't do it. So I'll let you figure it out. But I think you might know who I'm talking about. I just it's not the Angels. Yes. And it's not the A, sorry. I have a I have a bet against that team you're talking oh, about you do? not making the playoffs. Okay, well. So I'm against that team okay. you're talking about. So none of us are going to talk about it. Great seafood. <laughs> they got great seafood there. I think they may have yeah. the best food. Yeah. Uh, I, I got just, you know, there's not a lot of baseball talk. Mm-hmm basically nationally anymore and now that we're hitting football season my god once the cowboys are in camp you guys know and around here it's 49ers i think that's one of the reasons why our show has grown beyond the bay area because we're always talking major league baseball Mm. but that's why i tell everybody i I love the power alley with farron and duquette and they come on the show uh mad dog comes on the show all the time i know they're they're putting a high heat on and your guys' show i think it's important for our baseball fans to know that it is worth it. You can dial it up every Sunday morning. The GMs, yeah. Jim Squared, Bowden and Duquette. Yep. It's a great show. The the uh, the front office show. If you're a baseball fan, subscribe to SiriusXM. It doesn't have to be your car anymore. It can be on your phone, on That's your right. tablet, and, and you can get the app. And it's actually really cheap. And you're getting the best possible baseball talk. It's really where the only place you get baseball talk. Yeah, you're right. It has gone away and we're appreciative that you know we still have some some ears and eyes that want to uh, take in some of that as the landscape has changed. Spilly and I will also do a Loud House podcast a couple days a week, so that one's free um, that people can get. But, you know, the landscape has changed so much. I get a little bit concerned about some of the content that's out there. You know, it's a lot of the goofy stuff, which I get. It's more of the entertainment, yeah. but it's not really concrete. Right, we get to sit there and chop it up and really talk about it and break stuff down uh, is fun. And I think that there's still an audience for that. It might be dwindling a little bit, um, but it's important, I think, that we're still out there. He's one of the best in the business, and we always appreciate the time. Always my pleasure, Good to Chris. see you. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This, is- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. 
My wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, 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 you hit two home runs. Guess what? You're going to show up on A's Cast Live. What a big yeah, big game yesterday for Nick Allen. Thanks for coming on the program. And had to feel great. And a win against the Giants and beating them two straight. First off, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it was a good day yesterday. It felt good. Uh, I'm just glad we got a win with it, you know, because that makes it feel even better for sure for, with the type of day. And then uh, – capping it off by being the Giants, it was, it, was, uh, it was definitely a fun day for sure. We have talked about this. For you, it's always about you go to the next level, there can be some struggles, and then you figure it out, and boom, away you go. Do you feel like that's where you're at right now? I feel like I'm, I'm putting together some quality at-bats, and I, I mean, that's what I keep. I keep a sheet of quality at-bats for myself and uh, just kind of base it off just kind of being able, being ready to swing at good pitches. Um, so I've been looking at that a lot lately, and it's it's definitely been uh, a lot better up here for sure. Uh, so, you know, I'm just going to keep going, keep trying to hit the ball hard, do anything I can to help this team uh, win some games. And, and I think right now we're, we're trending in a good direction. When you say a quality at bat, if I'm – so game's over, you're going back home, and you say quality at bat versus not a quality at bat – when you mark down quality, what has to happen to qualify for a quality at bat? I think I think like you know to, for it to be official, obviously you want to you know put together a strong AB. I think anything more than like you know eight pitches plus is is a good quality at bat. Anything uh, hit hard um, is I think a quality at bat for myself. Uh, but I kind of take it to the next step because you know this game is built on you know you go three for ten, you know that's seven seven out of those ten times you're failing. You know so you got to try to make some things positive because. You know, else you'd be going home being like, you know, failing a lot, you know, other than maybe a one for three game or a one for four game, you know, like there's failure in that too by, you know, sometimes. So I, I kind of base it off if I get a good swing on a, a good pitch that I was looking for, I, I, I start kind of looking at that as that's positive, you know, and then I start barreling baseballs, that's another positive. So kind of put that in my quality at bat, at bat sheet. And uh, like I said, it's it's been good lately. So I'm just trying to keep that going in the positive direction. Yeah, because it's interesting because, yeah, walks are a quality at bat. There's, like, certain things, and I like that you keep track of it because when there are times that you're not going well, you can kind of diagnose why things are not going well. 100%. And, like, you know, when you're barreling baseballs and maybe you're not getting anything to show for it, you can look back at that and be like, no, I'm doing – I'm right where I need to be. I'm in a good spot. Just keep going. How much do you think about keeping the ball out of the air? Even though you yeah. just hit two yeah. home runs, uh, how much do you think about because your speed, your ability to make contact, speed, bunt, yeah. that's, you know, that plays for you. I think just getting up there and being ready to be aggressive and uh, put a good swing on the pitch. You know, it's hard, it's hard to say, hey, I'm going to try to hit a line drive here because everyone wants to do that, you know, and it's, it's hard to say I'm going to try to hit the ball on the ground because sometimes you might just swing too much down and you pop it up. Or it's like, you know, I'm going to try to hit the ball in the air here and then sometimes it's hard to do that. So I just think about putting a good swing on a, on a good pitch to hit, and whatever happens, happens after that. So when you talk about making adjustments, where are you in the season? Do you feel like, I figured it out, not completely, but you figured it out, and this is what I'm going with, you're still tinkering, where are you with that? Yeah, I think uh, I made an adjustment about a you know week and a half ago, I think right before Colorado, 
uh, just to kind of close my stance a little bit. It's something I've wanted to do. Uh, just kind of was like, you know, I got to keep going because I, I, I've had success, um, you know, in, in AAA. And I, I know that it's AAA, but, like, I've had success doing what I what I know I can do, and that's with what I've had. And I brought that here. I think just, uh, you know, I think I needed to make a little change to find a way to stay back. And I think closing my stance helped me get uh, into my back hip a lot better and just stay back, stay behind the baseball so I can get the barrel out. And making changes, it's tough because – you don't want to do it too early. You don't want to do it too late. You want to be able to trust that change when you're in the heat of battle. So talk about when you make that decision going, whether it's going to be your hands, your feet, whatever it's going to be, where you stand in the box. Take us through when, yeah, when you're going to implement the change. It's not easy, you know, because you're trying to battle out here and everyone is, you know, is really good here. So it's like you, you want to be the best version of yourself. So sometimes it's hard just trusting like, hey, let's make a change here. Uh, really work on it in the cage, but when you get up, you know, battle, ba battle, and, and get in there and compete. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard thing to do is to make a change, and and that's something I was going back and forth with. That's why it was hard. It's hard coming to the decision like, hey, I think it's time. Yeah, well, the yeah. two home runs definitely help out. But then I know what everybody's thinking is like, well, don't start thinking you're Babe Ruth now and everything, and you're Barry Bonds and everything's flying out of the yard. No, I, I, I completely <laughs> understand that. I just hitting the ball. I just want to hit the ball hard. If yeah. I can do that, I think we're gonna put or put put myself in a good situation. Geloff is interesting to me because he obviously is not a second baseman by trade, but that's now what he has become. And when we saw him down in Stockton years ago, he was a third baseman. Everybody talked about him being the future third baseman. You've now get you've now gotten a, a chance to work with him at second base. How's that going so far? The communication between you two? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, you know, first off, he's just a good guy. So it's like we're always talking, we're always communicating. Uh, and then you know, he's working working his tail off out there. I mean, he's out getting early work, uh, getting as many ground balls as possible. I mean, he's he's putting in the work and. And I'm, I'm proud of him. Shortstop is a really tough position, and we try and tell people about the athleticism that you have to have. But there's more to that. And to me, you're going to be at your very best when you have the ultimate trust. And since Marcus Simeon's in the building, Marcus Simeon had that trust with, with Matt Chapman on his right. So for you as a shortstop, what's it like trying to gain that trust when you have revolving door at third base now, hopefully, you got a second baseman. What what does that mean to you? The communication and the trust. I think uh, just w with whoever's out there, just make sure we're on all on the same page, making sure we know where we are on the field. I think that's a big thing. Um, and I think with more reps and uh, out there with each other, I think it's only going to get better. What's the number one thing do you think you've learned from the first time we started doing this to where you are now with getting ready and playing the game and going out there to win? What's the number one thing? Ooh, uh, I think first of all, trust yourself, trust in your abilities. That you know, you're 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 gonna go out there and you're gonna help this team win, and and you're gonna be a part of it. Um, no matter what you do, just try to find a way to to be there for your teammates um, and trust in your abilities. I think that's that's the biggest thing. That's what I write down all the time: is try to trust in who you are because it's good enough. Yeah, you do got to write it down because yeah. sometimes you forget an O for four. You want to go home and. And cry because it's tough. <laughs> this game, you want to throw stuff and you want to be angry. But you've got to reinforce yeah. who you are, what you are, and what you believe in. Uh, no, 100%. I mean, like I said, like, I try to I, I keep a book, you know. It's like quality of bats. But that, that goes at the bottom of it just so I can write that down. But it's like 
I write down kind of some stuff I want to accomplish, you know, some things I can control. Um, and then I try to write it all down, journal it. Um, and then I, I close the book and then go take a shower and leave. And then just it's now I just live my life, you know, because I don't want to try to bring it back with me because and it's going to come back with me. But I, I want to try to forget it and then move on. And then ne next day is a new day. But, you know, try to take the good and then go. Is there anything that you had in your mind that you thought the big leagues was going to be like? And now that you've been here, you went, ah, that's not how, that's not what I thought it was going to be like. No, I mean, it's amazing. You know, you grow up in, in uh, just kind of dreaming and, and wondering what it's going to be like. But it's, it's, it's nothing short of it. You know, it's, it's awesome. I think that the one thing that really does stand out, though, is that it's just still baseball. You've done, you've played this game your whole life and it's still the same game. I think that that's a big thing other than, you know, probably more fans, bigger stadiums. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's still baseball. So that's something I, I've kind of saw, and I'm like, wow, it's, this is crazy. You know, I've, I've played this game. I've done this. So it's not like I, I'm, it's nothing new to me. You know, we've talked about on this show, we've also talked about on the clubhouse show, that's our postgame show, that I think it's big for you guys that you've been playing in front of big crowds. You had big crowds in Colorado. You had big crowds in Los Angeles. You had big crowds for these two games. You had big crowds over in San Francisco. Do you think that helps you younger guys to play in front of the big crowds, and what has that been like? No, it's awesome. I think it's it's great great getting fans out in the stands and, and having that energy in the building because it's something you've, like I said, you've dreamt of your whole life, and you 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 live for those moments. So it's it's awesome, and we feed off energy like anybody does. you know. So uh, anytime we can get more fans in the stands, it's awesome. Now, one thing that I would love for you guys to take on is that persona of we're the spoilers. We're here to ruin your party, right? Because you are playing, you have been playing, and you're going to continue to play the Rangers, the Astros. you got all these teams that you're going to be playing that are trying to win the division. They're trying to get into the postseason. Have you guys talked about that at all? Because young teams that become spoilers and learn how to win, that helps you going into next year. Oh, no, 100%. I think, we, yeah, like you said, we got a lot of good games against quality opponents, and um, we're going to try to go out there and play our brand of baseball and keep growing and, and, and kind of really discovering who we are as a team. And I think, you know, I think you saw it the past two days. I mean, we we wanted to win. We know we can win. We just got to go out there and play our brand of baseball, put together, you know, nine innings, 27 outs. And and I think uh, right now we're on, we're on a good stretch, and we just got to keep that going, right? And if we're playing against people that have opportunities to get in the playoffs, I mean, we want to win every game. So we're going to have to try to spoil our season somehow. It's fun to watch you yeah. grow. It's Thank fun. You. Appreciate it. Yeah, keep, keep making it happen. And you watching the young guys play together, it's bringing incitement. And uh, yeah. keep it rolling. Thank you. That's Appreciate your it. shortstop right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live oh. continues with Chris Townsend. Wrong liner, but that's okay. Huh? I put the, I played the A's Cast Live continues from the Road Studio. Well, I got really. I got good news. 
I got good news, too. Okay. We're going to talk to Marcus Simeon tomorrow. That is great news. Um, as I was interviewing Nick Allen, I was being texted by my doctor, having recently done some tests. I'm not dying. Well, that's great. Well, to we're hear. all dying at some point, but I'm not officially dying. Does that, does that scare you? I feel like I well, feel like you know, when your parents die at sixty-eight and seventy, yeah, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of freak out a little bit. Oh no, I was going to do it. the Seinfeld bet where Kramer asked George, "Are you afraid of that? Are you afraid of dying?" Uh, yeah, right now, yeah, a little bit. So, see, it's people like you to live to be one hundred and twenty. So I'm actually <laughs> texting. Yeah, I, my genes and my family. That's why, I like, you think of everything I've done to my body over time. I'm trying to reverse that as we speak. Because yeah, I lived hard. I think you could say. I had a little bit of a rock star lifestyle back in the day. I'm trying to reverse that now. I'm trying to go for longevity. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm trying to go for that now. Yeah, I mean. So just got the uh, text. I'm good for now. Well, it's good to hear. Glad you'll be around for a couple more years. Yeah, well, we'll Seasons, see. whatever. I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make my career to 60. Well, you got nine years? Yeah, I'm trying to make it to 60. That's why people keep talking about this ballpark. Will the ball? Will I be done before a ballpark is built? Will Cal be in a conference by then? Oh wow! Shot fire. Stanford wow. too, or Stanford and Cal in the ACC. Oh, nothing gets nothing better than Pitt All right. Cal. All right, <laughs> folks. If you're not paying attention, there's a lot of craziness going on in the West Coast right now. There's a lot of craziness in West Coast sports. You're talking about the Pac-10, which was the Pac-8, which was the Pac-6, now the Pac-12, has been around playing football for over 100 years. It's basically dead. Four teams left. There's a lot of stuff that's been happening on the West Coast that are really bad signs. That was even before. That was before this went down. I mean, if you listen to agents, you listen to people talk, I mean, players, we already know it's a struggle to try and get guys to come to California become the state taxes. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be an alarmist. I'm just saying it's um, it's going to be the next five, ten years. I mean, when you start talking about – I mean, think of all the people. We're in the East Bay. We're, we're not that – I mean, up top here at the Coliseum, you can see Cal, right? Yeah. Cal's, Cal's going to be playing in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Atlantic – you're next to the Pacific. You're going to play in the Atlantic. I mean, it's it's a mess. You're telling me you're. I don't think they do it. I don't think it lasts. I don't. I can't. Believe I think they're going to come to the Mountain West, and uh, I've had people say that they think Stanford will become an independent. But I, either way, and you know what? Whatever this does, these certain teams, USC, UCLA, will be fine. Oregon will be fine. Washington, don't know. But these other teams. Their commitments, with your ability to now to go into the portal, these teams' commitments, you're going to have the teams. I mean, if you're, let's say you're a good player and you committed to Cal, you're gone. Cal, Cal, Stanford will always be Stanford. Stanford only gets a certain type. They recruit nationally. They only get a certain type of player anyway. That 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 athlete wants to go to Stanford and wants to graduate from Stanford, right? You're not going to Stanford to use Stanford as a platform to go to the NFL. You're going to Stanford because you're really good and you're really smart. 
and the degree really matters to you. That's the type of athlete. I've covered Stanford for years. I played against Stanford. I'm telling you, I know that athlete. And I'm not saying Cal's not the same way, but I'm saying if you're if you're one of Jeff Wilcox's best guys that he's recruited to play at Cal, good chance you're Justin at it. Wilcox. Justin Wilcox. Who's Jeff Wilcox? Justin Wilcox. You're out of here. Probably. Because well, you don't have a conference. Well, I mean, they did just recruit a San Jose State Spartan to be their new voice. So, And you're going to be in a situation where this is going to hurt Cal's recruiting for years in all sports. And if they don't get into the ACC and they go to the Mountain West, now their budgets are all going to get cut. So their Olympic sports are going to get hurt. Yeah, There's big-time ramifications to this, especially for Cal. And I know how many Cal fans we have here because Cal is the type of school that if you grew up in the East Bay, if you went to Cal or you didn't go to Cal, you still love the team. Yeah, and it sucks because, you know, I I go to a lot of Cal football games, Cal basketball games. I go to a lot of Stanford baseball games because it's Stanford baseball and Sunken Diamond so close to us. But you're telling me you're not going to get up on a Saturday morning to watch Cal and Georgia Tech play in football? North Carolina State. I, You know what? I've always thought about Stanford-Wake Forest. It's a good baseball matchup. It's a really good baseball matchup. But football, I don't <laughs> uh, know. Boston so College. Uh, I mean, selfishly, I want to see Pitt and – What about the U? It's a good one. Stanford and the U. Cal and the U. Can anybody compete with Clemson? Dabo? Dabo Sweeney? By the way, who I had on my old talk show, Dabo Sweeney? What about, what about Washington State and, and – uh, where are they going? Where's Oregon State and Washington State? Going? Wouldn't they go with Cal and Stanford because they're the four no. teams left in the pack? It's just the report was just Stanford oh, and Cal, Cal talking to ACC. Intr- okay, I didn't see they're that. They're coming to the Mountain West. As much as you guys come, come hang out with San Jose State, San Diego well, State, Boise State. Cal's already got Come it. on down. Cal's already got the inside, man. Come on down and watch. They're going to come here. They're going to look. Mark my words, if they, because remember, the Mountain West teams are just growing. We've been getting better. And I'm just telling you right now, if you lose a bunch of money and you're not getting that Pac 12 budget, you watch it. They're going to come and get hammered in the Mountain West. I, I you mean, don't think Mountain West football is good? You're kidding yourself. I mean, Cordero, San, San Jose State's quarterback, projected all American first team Mountain West. It's, it's the same. Did you see how good San Diego State? We know how good Boise State, San Jose yeah. State. They, the, the, the Mountain West has been has been getting better and better and better in football. If you take a, and if you're all of a sudden losing recruits and your recruiting classes aren't great, how do you think Cal's going to fare in that? Yeah, if you look at a basketball, uh, what team was in the national title game? That'd be San Diego yeah. State. Yeah. Mountain West has been coming on. Anyway, more importantly, are we going to Eck now? Let's, let's do Eck. Yeah. I know people have been patiently waiting. Sorry about that. We got Nikki, Nikki Stickett. Nikki Pickett. Nikki Lickett. Nikki Poppett. Nikki Pie Shop. <laughs> Nikki Pie Shop. Big fan of the Chicken Pie Shop Walnut Creek. Should we let them know about the tattoo, or is that just an inside thing? Nikki Diggit. We should come up, have people come up with all the nicknames. I, I think that's fun. Yeah. I like Nikki Pie Shops. No, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Then we, gotta, we have to have them voice it then. This is Nikki Pie Shop for the pie shop. <laughs> well, yesterday... I mean, let's just let, let me let me give him the proper introduction here. Let's go over the credentials. As Dennis Eckersley is not only one of the coolest guys in the history of Major League Baseball, but Dennis Eckersley is one of the greatest pitchers in the history of baseball. And when you think about 
Cy Young Award winner, MVP, six-time All-Star, World Series champion, two-time Rolaids Relief Man of the Year, ALCS MVP. But I want to give you a couple numbers that just kind of tell you, in a 24-year career, we all think of Dennis Eckersley, obviously, as one of the greatest closers of all time. That's why he won a Cy Young Award and an MVP in the same year. Dennis Eckersley, in his career, won 197 games. 197. Think about that. He's almost at 200 wins. That's more wins than Garrett Cole has. That's more wins than Clayton Kershaw. Think about that. Kershaw's over 200 now. Is he over? Yeah. You just got over it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Thought I don't he, I thought think Kershaw's won 200 yet. He's right. He's right about there. Kershaw is at 207. Oh, Wainwright. Wainwright. Wainwright to like 195-ish or something like that. Yeah. He's not there. Uh, Pedro Martinez is just over 200. Kurt Schilling's just over 200. I mean, you've got all these pitchers who are just under 200 or just over 200. Eckersley's got 197 wins to go with 390 saves. Dennis Eckersley is one of the greatest pitchers to have ever lived. So when David Price was popping off to him, and he's like, oh, there goes one of the greatest pitchers, actually turned around and went, yeah, I am one of them. You ever going to be in the Hall of Fame, David? I don't think so. You were kept around by your contract. Yeah, I said it. He said he has, we already brought that up. Yeah, we got that intern saying he has, he has 390. God, the intern just really just said it. I just said he had 390 saves in the interview. He did give us a list of guys that we'll get out to it after guys that played for the A's for 11 year, at least 11 years. It's not many. And you put Ricky on there, Ricky doesn't count because Ricky no, came back multiple split. times. No, that's split. You had to play 11 straight years. You're trying to tell me there is a list of 11 guys who played for Oakland for 11 straight years. The list is. No way. It's Terry Steinbach and. Dick Green did 11 years. Okay. McGuire did 12. Wired in 12. I forgot about And him. Campy, 13. So there's not many. McGuire's already an A's Hall of Famer. Yep. Burt Campanaris is already an A's Hall of Famer. Dick Green is on the list, and Steinbach is on the list. Yeah. So there's only four guys <laughs> to have played for the A's at least 11 years. Two of them are in. Campy's got a green jacket. McGuire's got a green jacket. Terry Steinbach should have a green jacket. And Dick Green, if you just if you care about defense and being the core of a great infield, you'd say he should have a green jacket. Dick, Dick Green's on the list. You can vote for him. Yeah. Athletics.com slash vote. You have until September 6th to vote. But here is truly one of the greatest personalities. Did you did anybody follow the send-off at Got in New England? How much he was loved in New England. And it wasn't like he was this star boss. I mean, he won 20 games with the Red Sox. But that was in 1978. I mean, he had a good year. I mean, he won 17, 12. But it was his candor. It was his honesty. It was his humor. People loved Dennis Eckersley, the person. And that's why I think when he just retired, that send-off in New England was just incredible. He is truly one of the all-time greats in, o- in Oakland. He's a Bay Area guy. He's back in the Bay Area again. 
And we got a chance to sit down with the great Dennis Eckersley yesterday right here at the Coliseum for you on A's Cast Live. Cast Live Hall of Fame edition with one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the game, one of the greatest athletics of all time. Dennis Eckersley and Eck, you look money in your green blazer. How good does that feel? I like this color, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Looks good with a pan working. Yeah, huh? yeah. It's kind of nice. You know, I think about Carney Lansford going in, and I think about you also as a guy that grew up in the Bay Area, who grew up, and obviously we got Giants, and I know you grew up like the Giants too, but yeah. you grew up watching these great A's players, a guy like Gene Tennis. You grew up, those teams won three straight, and to be an A's Hall of Famer, what does that mean to you? It's so strange, you know, because I was talking to Gino uh, Tennis and, and uh, reminiscing about, I remember this, remember that, remember yeah. this. My first start in the big leagues, I was with Cleveland, was against the Oakland A's. Wow. 1975 and then we went back to that next thing you know we're talking about free agency we're talking about you know what i mean yeah. and they have such so many stories to talk about those 70s you know that that's when the game was on on ready to flip if you think about it talking about finley how he you know ran the organization and how they got out you know remember free agency. Yeah, yeah and so anyway uh just reminiscing and and now i think about you know we had our part i mean there's so much history you know it went from the 70s to us 80s early 90s and the early 2000s i mean a lot's gone on here and uh i i, I just feel lucky to be part of it because this was probably if this was the most enjoyable you know happiest time of my life thinking about playing for the oakland a's coming back to town my parents coming to the games i mean it was That's heaven. awesome it was it was <laughs> yeah. heaven I mean, I could really appreciate And you guys that. are rock stars. Like, a lot of people, and we like to let our younger fans, because, I mean, obviously, people my generation, I was in high school at the time, and you guys were just, you guys, you just couldn't walk into a hotel. You guys were like yeah. a rock star team. You had, whether you're talking about Ricky and Jose right. and Stu and yourself and Dave Parker. I mean, you guys had rock star teams. Yeah. Oh, how about this? This shows you we are straight on the field. The no, I'm fine. So just what was that experience like when you come back and you guys are now larger than life going to three straight World Series? I don't know. It's weird. It's like it never happened sometimes, you know. Uh, but then I could get back into it when I see people. When I see Dave here and there a lot anyway, guys I used to play with. Um, we, I mean, I was part of this, you know, to me, I thought it was a, <laughs> I thought it was a mini dynasty. But, you know, we didn't only won once. But uh, looking back, I mean, I always said I was just proud to be in Oakland A, you know, whether or not when we went on there, I can't remember. You know, when you're in the middle of it and being a part of something like that, there's always the pressure of having to do it again every day, every day. You never enjoy it. Now is the time when you look yeah. back. But when you're in the middle of it, you're not thinking you're styling. Boy, we are special, aren't we? No, we got to do it today. You know, there's always that pressure. Let's end on this because I, I want to let you celebrate this. You, you know, we we think about having your name retired here, and I think about your then your career as a broadcaster. You've now retired. Your send-off in Boston was something really special. I mean, it was like, wow. It was like tear-jerking yeah. how much they loved you. They loved just how honest you were, how honest you were about yourself. Because we're not – we're not a lot of people are not used to a broadcaster and a former player and a Hall of Famer being this honest, right? Yeah. What was that send-off emotionally like for you where basically New England – Gave you all that love. I mean, it was really special. It really was. As you know, I mean, I was so emotional. Yeah. I'm so emotional to begin with. Uh, but when it's over, it's over, you know? 
And I was, I remember I was thinking back to that time just recently and thinking about, oh, God, what am I going to say? I mean, it just has to, you know, you just have to, there's moments like that that just have to happen and you just got to go with it. Uh, and I was lucky enough to, you know, play so long and then go into the booth. And um, you got to be so careful being in that booth. But if you're too careful, you're not going to, you know, say what needs to be said. So anyway, to be appreciated like that in Boston, and I was there for a long, long time. Uh, those people love baseball. And uh, I don't know. I just, they were nice to me, man. They just were. And I, I, I greatly appreciated it. Well, I, it's always an honor to have you on. We truly appreciate it. Congratulations on retirement. I know you got the grandkids and uh, you earned everything as you're one of the greatest pitchers of all time. More importantly, you're an ace Hall of Famer. It means so much yes. to our fans when you come back. It means a lot to me. It really does. It always will be. And I'm in the Bay Area now, so I'm back home. <laughs> got it. Great stuff. You got it. The great Dennis Eckersley. How good is that? I mean... I really wish we could do really a long-form deal with Eck. Probably not going to happen. But he's enjoying retirement back here. We, we got to have a little conversation before we went on the air. And he's loving life, right? He talked about, and the way he talks, he goes, man, you know, you know, you know. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you do it every day. You got to be on every day. He likes that he doesn't have to be the performer every day. People need to understand that part of our job is to entertain. You know, to me, guys in sports think that their job is just to be right every day. Your, your job is to entertain. We're entertainers. This is the entertainment business, right? Correct. You've got to enjoy the show. This show has to spark emotion. This show's got to make you happy. Sometimes it's going to make you angry. Sometimes it's going to bring you joy. Sometimes it's going to be sad. We've talked to have to talk about some sad stuff. It can bring tears to your eyes. Some people we've had interviews that were very emotional that caused people to, to, to cry. I mean, one of my post-game shows, people still reference after that game five in 2012 where people didn't want to leave the parking lot. Bob Melvin calls in. Verlander has just shoved and beaten the A's as a Tiger. And I know I reference this all the time, but I, I was super emotional. I, I got emotional hugging Ken, Vince, and then Ray saying goodbye. And then I came on. And then, you know, Bob Melvin calls. I didn't tell him to call him. He calls into the postgame show to say thank you to the A's fans on the magical year 2012. People to this day will tell me that they had to pull over because they were crying. So that's what we do. We entertain. And he's saying that, you know, it's nice. I don't have to do that anymore. And he's hanging out with the grandkids. He said his wishes golf game was better. But, you know. Don't most people say that? Yeah, we all say that. <laughs> Dennis Eckersley earned that right. And Dennis Eckersley sits. Where is that? He's up here next to Ricky, number 43. He is one of the greatest pitchers. And he's another guy. I mean, that's something that. I don't know if we really have ever looked into this, but we have had a lot of local guys come to the A's and be great here. As you look at Dave Stewart, you look at Ricky Henderson, you look at Dennis Eckersley, they grew up in the East Bay. I'm looking at a guy right now. 
Marcus Simeon grew up in San Francisco. Yeah, but but yeah, he's the local. Yeah. Mark Cannon in the South Bay. We had, I mean, how many guys you think about grew up here and Carney. start here? Carney Lancer, we just put him in. Barry Bonds. Mm, oh yeah, I'm, oh, you're thinking of, okay. I mean, that just I mean we can, but guys that grew up here and started here in baseball. I mean, especially for the A's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're talking about. Grew up here and played here. Okay, because yeah. if you're talking about just grew up here, Brady's, no, that, Brady's top of the list. You but. leave, you leave <laughs> here to go somewhere else. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Those are those are all good. I'm trying to think if we're missing any bigger name ones in baseball. I saw one today. The Super Scout, Shooty Babbitt. Bip, yeah. Bip Roberts. Are we forgetting? Uh, forgetting anyone else is from the? Well, there's tons of guys. But I mean, just off the top of my head, I saw. Shooty Babbitt, uh, I'll be doing TV with Shooty on Wednesday, but Shooty Babbitt from here. So guys that have, are from here and played here mean something. And the A's have had a I, I wonder, like, how many guys are from Seattle played for the Mariners or from that region? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good – yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I know Blake Snell's never been here played for them. Uh, there's a, I mean, He's not a star, but he's on the team now. Lucas Ersig's another one. Ersic from the South Bay. Yeah, we've had a lot of guys. Over the years, if you think about it, we've had a lot of guys. Paul hey, Blackburn. Polly e. B. I know it's Brentwood, but it's close enough. That's Bay Area. We, do we really consider that Bay Area? Yeah, it's, oh, all right. it's one of the Bay Area counties. Where do we consider that Bay Area? I don't know. I don't, I don't, when people talk about Bay Area, I don't hear Brentwood thrown around that often. Brentwood, Antioch, that Highway 4, that's the Bay Area. All right. What's wrong with you? I, because some people argue that Morgan Hill is not part of the Bay Area, but. Morgan Hill is Santa Clara County. That I know. is one of the Bay Area counties. And then they say. Hey, if you're ignorant with geography, that's not my fault. <laughs> I still feel like we're forgetting someone else. Those are. It'll come. It's okay. We got plenty of time. We still have. Uh, there's somebody who was on the 80s. Still got 40, team. Uh, 30 minutes anyway. We out. interviewed him not too long ago. He was on the 80s team. I don't know. We'll go through the list. We're, Dave Feldman will help us out tomorrow. But, by the way, if you don't know Bay Area, what's Bay Area count in Bay Area counties and what's not, that's not our fault here on A's Cast Live. When are we doing Ricky? Uh, 5.30. We're doing Ricky at 5.30? show's going to be over on 5.45. All right. We, we haven't got Tom Hamilton. Friend of the program, whenever we're playing Cleveland. Another guy, Mike Norris. That's what I was thinking. He's from the Bay Area. He's on the ballot also. I know. There's someone we just uh, we talked to recently that he he played for the A's in the 80s. Oh, so you're talking about greatness. Uh, Voos is from the Bay Area in the Hall of Fame. Our Hall of Fame. You're good. You're really good. Um, but, yes, I think you're right. There is another person. Uh, we just had him on. God, I can't remember who it is. He played in the 80s for us? Yeah, he was on the – all right. Now that you got – I was going to go on the big fight and why – Suspenses were handed out and everything. Why it's a big deal. Ruben Amaro Jr. Sanford, right? Who – was on MLB Now, said it great today because, you know, he's a former player, former coach, 
former GM. He just goes, I like it. I like Lance Blankenship. That's who I was thinking of. He's a Bay Area guy. Oh, he's he's on the wallet or his numbers on the thing at, at uh, Evans Diamond. At Cal. Lance Blankenship. All right, we're moving on. So, do we have Tom, Tom Hamilton, legendary voice of the Guardians, friend of the program, friend of the program. We've had him on for years. One of the nicest guys. If you ever watched, as you know, I'm a big college sports guy. If you ever watched Big Ten Network, he was on Big Ten Network for years. He was one of the original guys of the Big Ten Network. He goes Howard Cosell. Now, we all are not old enough to remember, didn't watch it. But down goes Frazier when Foreman knocks down Joe Frazier. And Joe Frazier's the heavyweight champ. Down goes Frazier, Howard Cosell. He, and this isn't scripted, right? Like, all of a sudden, Jose Ramirez, I have a lot to say about Tim Anderson because you know I've never been a big Tim Anderson fan. And a lot of people have defended this guy. And you always had to be like, "Mm." when you knew behind closed doors, there's a lot of players that don't like Tim Anderson. And when that – guys, everybody remember when Tim Anderson was the, I don't like playing baseball. I don't even like doing this. You guys remember that? And people crapped on him, and then people got angry for people getting angry about him saying that. Well, behind closed doors, everybody knows he's not the greatest guy. And I loved how today on MLB Network, they actually put up all these different altercations he's been in, realizing Tim Anderson isn't the greatest guy in the world. And why people defended him, it's unbelievable. And finally, someone knocked his ass and shut his mouth up because he's been popping off to a lot of different people. This thing between the Guardians and the White Sox has been going on. And Jose Ramirez put him on his ass, and it was great. It was great. But Tom Hamilton, this isn't scripted. Listen, all of a sudden, Jose Ramirez, sli- Jose Ramirez slides in. Tim Anderson, it, it, Jose Ramirez is in between his legs. The altercation starts. Play it. Here it comes. A swing and a smash to first by the diving Vaughn. Down the right field line. Kicks into the corner. Ramirez on his way to second. Head first slide. Safe and in to score is Jimenez. And another hustle double. Right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and Anderson square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Jose never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Jose decked him. <laughs> it's a 5-1 Chicago lead, but everybody from the dugouts and the bullpens congregated around second base. You never see Jose Ramirez get upset like that. And Tim Anderson was on the wrong side of that punch. All right. Terry Francona was really good after it, too. I want to tell you, that's baseball. That's how baseball is supposed to be played. I'm not advocating for violence. But I'm telling you, we have done everything we can to take physicality out of the game of baseball. And it's not good for our game. Because you know what? That right now has been the number one thing in our game. 
Not Shohei Otani, and he's a two-way player, and Aaron Judge is back, and all this kind of that. Because we, as American sports fans, we like it. We like contact. We do like violence. That's why the NFL is king. That's why UFC continues to grow and grow and grow. We like it. We like blow-up plays at home plate. We like middle infielders being taken out. All this stuff that they've taken out of the game of baseball, we as fans like. And you know what? We like altercations amongst our athletes. And you know what? It's tough. Like, here you had Tom Verducci today, friend of the program, great writer, great broadcaster now, as he's hosting for Brian Kinney on MLB Now. And Ruben Amaro Jr., once again, he was a player. He was a coach. So he's been in uniform as a player and a coach, and he was a GM. He just goes, I like it. And Tom Verducci says, you're not advocating for this, are you? Yeah, I like it. This is what it's about. It's sports. It means something. It's rivalries. It's what what? It's when they try to take fighting out of hockey. Hockey fans didn't like it because it's, it's the physicality is a part of the game. And when you've got a guy out there who acts – like a punk, at some point, you have to allow the players to police themselves. And I'd rather have guys square off like that than have pitchers throwing 100 miles an hour at guys' heads. That's why I'd rather have that. I'd rather have what they had than have, have guys because you can truly alter somebody's life throwing a ball 100 miles an hour at somebody's head. Allow them to square off. You want to go? Let them go. And I'll tell you what, if anybody knows anything about fighting and if you've ever been in a fight and you watched Tim Anderson, boy, his tough guy card just got, not not him, not just him getting knocked on his butt, but the fact that when you throw the first punch of a fight, you better land it. And when Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez's face was right in front of you and you could square him up and pop him. It may have been one of the worst right hands I have ever seen thrown in a fight. It makes you show Tim Anderson, who's been walking around like a tough guy all these years, he really is not. He not only missed him once with a free shot, Jose Ramirez ducks his head, which is also the dumbest thing you could ever do in a fight. He ducked his head, which is a nut. So it shows you both these guys really don't know how to fight. He ducks his head, which Tim Anderson reloaded to hit him again and missed him again. You had two free shots at a guy. You miss him. And then if you watch this roundabout weak right hand, he hits him with the side of his knuckles. He doesn't even hit him dead on. And he just clips your chin and you go down. Down goes Anderson. Wow. Down goes Anderson. I'm not trying to talk like a tough guy at my age anymore, but if I win my younger days, Jose Ramirez drops his head like that, I'm I'm pelting him. I mean, you just see both. But you know what? What's the number one thing everybody's talking about? The brawl. Okay. By the way, where's where's Chicago in the standings? Uh, They're, what, the second-to-worst team in their division? Where's Cleveland? Uh, not in the playoff race. They're in second, not even close to the play. What's everybody talking about? 
Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. So we're not talking about Yankees, Astros, which we should have been talking about. We're not talking about, hey, these Rangers are undefeated since the trading deadline. Oh, hey, by the way, the Angels can't win since they made their deals. The Cubs didn't do anything, and now they're hot. By the way, the Dodgers just took three or four from San Diego. Bo Mill and the Padres, you're gone. I mean, there's all this stuff going on in our sport, and what are we talking about? We're talking about a fight because you know what? We like it. We've policed it. We've gotten rid of it. And I don't know if that's good for our game. Boys will be boys, as Terry Francona said. But you know what it does? It brings the physicality into our into our sport, right? We want to see blow-ups at home play. We want to see guys taken out. Of, and we're, oh, we don't want anybody to get hurt. Well, you know what? Injuries are the part of the game. Last time I checked, player, we, we – we have less contact than ever before, and we have more hurt guys than ever before. I don't have data to bring that up. But I don't have well, data to prove. Well, I mean, the Rangers had six All Stars. Don't former- let, don't let, don't let facts ruin a good story. So what I'm saying here, we got more guys hurt than ever before, and we have less contact. Explain that. Uh, I can't, but I can explain to you a couple things that are breaking off from this story. Apparently, Jose Ramirez tried to reach out and apologize to Tim Anderson, and Tim Anderson won't respond back to him. And uh, the Guardians A-ball team is letting fans named Tim sit on the grass for free, hosting a punch-out competition and more. <laughs> that goes with, we forgot to bring it up. You had it. I, my, my fault. The Jake Burger, $5 burgers <laughs> in, in, in Mar- yeah. for the Marlins. Yeah, that was, that was a good story. I, I think they won that game, too. They won 9-8. They came back to win. Jake Bur- Did Burger hit a home run? I think he might have hit a home run in that game, too. I remember he hit a home run one he, of the first games. I saw games. him hit a home run one of the highlights. Oh, Marlin stink. What was it? Was it burgers were five bucks? Burgers were five. They're originally like 13, and they knocked down the price to five. Because uh, there's so much stuff that I got sent from about all this stuff, what's going on with Jose Ramirez. And you know, now they're saying that Yasmani Grandal apparently wanted to leave early. And and uh, Tim Anderson used an expletive, but he said, you know, I'll, I'll pay for him to, to fly home. And I guess the report was Grandal walked up and slapped him in the face. Now Grandal saying that never happened. You got Kenyon Middleton, who got just got traded to the Yankees from the White Sox, talking about how bad the culture is, yeah. and the Yan- our, and the guy, White Sox clubhouse. Our guy Jesse Rogers from ESPN broke that story. He was on MLB Network today. Uh, Jesse Rogers has come on our program for years. I think the last time we had him on was at the winter meetings in San Diego. We play the we play the Sox in Chicago soon, so we're yeah, we got to get him on. Uh, he, he did. He he was great today on television. There were, the suspensions were handed down. Tim Anderson six games. Jose Ramirez, three games. Some reason, Emmanuel Classe got a game. Uh, Tito. Kopech got uh, fined. Uh, I didn't see that. It's just yeah, all the suspensions. Yeah, he got fined. Tito got a game. Uh, Pedro Grafal, the, the manager of the White Sox, got a game. And there's who, one other person. Who? who? Yeah. Pedro who? Uh, can we play Terry Francona? Because the first Wait, five pa- seconds pa- of the – Pedro Grafal, if you're the manager of this disaster and this ESPN exclusive from Jesse Rogers, once again, front of the program – Basically says, no rules, there's no rules, there's no accountability, and they have a problem that I think we have the same problem. And I think a lot of teams in baseball have this problem. So we've got all these coaches, and none of them work for the teams. We've got throwing coaches, we got a hitting coaches. We got strength coaches. We got all these different people that work with the players, right? Even in the minor leagues, we've got 
hitting instruct, roving hitting instructors, roving pitcher, pitching. We got roaming base, right? And then all of a sudden, these guys come up to the big leagues, and none of them know how to actually play. You got to know how to play the actual sport. I mentioned this in the post-game show, and I'm going to mention it here now. Everybody is infatuated with the process. How you hit, how you reach velocity as a pitcher. Everybody, your barrel rates, what you are on track, man, Hawkeye, all rap soda. We're all worried about this data and the process of trying to make players better. The problem is they don't know how to play the actual game. They don't know how to play the game. They don't know how to run the bases. They don't know what bases to throw to. They don't understand situations. They don't know how to line themselves up. They don't know how to read pitchers. They don't know how to do the basic things you need to do to win games. So to know that I'm not full of crap today, I went to our manager today, Mark Kotze, before I said, Kotze, I'm going with this today because Joel Sherman talked about this, about the White Sox. Joel Sherman... Longtime baseball writer, New York Post. Recently, the White Sox were in New York, and everybody was sitting there watching them. They go, these guys could give a crap. Like, these guys have already mailed it in. Season's not even close. Like, no one's accountable. No one's working out hard. And it just makes you think about all we care about, how hard does a guy throw? Does he get anybody out? Can he throw strikes? I mean, we had two guys picked off yesterday. How are you getting picked off? in baseball right now when you know the pitcher can only throw over a couple times. Everything is set for you to steal bases and you're getting picked off? We got guys throwing the wrong bases. We got guys who play like they just have no clue how to play the game. So you wonder, okay, I got it. I got a swing coach that tells you how to hit it or just how to hit it really hard. Well, guess what? You're not facing a pitching machine in the game. You're not facing a guy throwing BP. I can go down, there's a, down not far from where we live, down in Morgan Hill, which is the Bay Area, if you didn't know. It's in Santa Clara <laughs> County, you idiots. Uh, there is a total, there, I mean, everybody's like, of course it is. There's people go, Morgan Hill's in the Bay, Gilroy? All right. Uh, <laughs> learn geography, folks. Learn. As a former Morgan Hill resident, I was offended when people tell me I didn't, I didn't live in the Bay Area. Okay. There is a throw tank down in Morgan Hill. Correct. That just teaches kids how to throw harder. They, they're not throwing strikes. They're getting Tommy John, but they throw harder. I just, at some point, you have to teach. It's like football. I worked in the NFL for years, folks. I got paid by an NFL franchise, too. I worked for the Raiders, and I covered the Raiders and worked for the Raiders. I worked around a lot of smart coaches, and they will all tell you, as much as you want to focus on fantasy football, the two things that you have to do to win football games, it's pretty simplistic. What are they? Uh, score touchdowns. Block and tackle. Oh. If you can't block and you can't tackle, you won't beat anybody. There's certain things you have to do to win games. Well, essentially that's leading to scoring and preventing scoring too. you got to block and tackle. <laughs> if you're not good at blocking and tackling, your quarterback gets killed, your running backs, your receivers will never get the football, and if you can't tackle, well, you're going to give up a ton of points. Yeah, you're not stopping anyone. <laughs> I mean, so if you can't throw strikes, if you can't make contact, if you can't run the bases, if you have no idea where to throw the ball, how are you going to win in baseball? We're training guys, we're training them, but we're not teaching them how to actually play the game. One of the things that report too from the from Jesse Rogers with Kenyon Middleton, the reliever trade to the Yankees, was 
he said that there was a rookie reliever falling asleep in the in the bullpen during games. I'm like, how's this happening? How's a rookie falling asleep? Like, you're letting a rookie fall asleep. And then he blamed it on there wasn't a culture built because Lance Lynn and Kendall Graveman were playing in the WBC. Well, you have Yasmani Grandal. You have, I know a lot of the guys are young, but you have other guys on the team that can build a culture. You don't. You shouldn't have to rely on Lance Lynn and Kendall Graveman. And both those guys are now gone. It's all Tony LaRusso's fault. Yeah, yeah, Tony, 81 and 81. Took him to the playoffs the year before, but it's all Tony's fault. Get LaRusso out, this team will win. And how are they this year? They stink. Yeah, I mean, you think about the disaster. Essentially, you need to blow it up. But the problem is the owner's, whatever his age, Jerry Reinsdorf. I think he's in his mid-80s. And he's not going to blow it up. So you're going to have Han and what's his name? Kenny Williams. Kenny Williams. Good luck. Yeah, I think. And you know what, to be honest with you, I don't care. They're the White Sox. They've, they've, They've been good one year. They made the playoffs, we went over this, 11 times in their franchise history. Yeah. 11. They're really irrelevant. The Astros have done that almost half in the last – they've done that six times in the last – in what, the last six years. They've gone to the, at least the ALCS. And then here you got the White Sox who can't even make it to the playoffs since 19 – or like 1910s they've been and, around. And I didn't think C.J. would go here. C.J. likes the Cubs. It's interesting how the Cubs – you know, at one point, we saw the Cubs here. They got over 500, then they left here. Uh, Nico had a huge series against us, kid from Oakland. And then Nico Horner. And then he, uh, and then they went back well below 500, and now they're over 500, and they've been crushing people. How's, uh, crushing. How, how's your boy Swansby do? Dansby, Swansby? Yeah. He just hit his 17th home run the other day. Yeah. Uh, He's having well, they good... scored like 20 runs, and they came back and scored like 13. Or I think like it was that. 16. I think they had like 36 runs in two games yeah, against the Reds. amazing. I mean, that's a great thing about where we are in baseball now. Uh, you're, the playoffs you're are forgetting, unreal. You're failing to mention CJ likes a team in the AOS that it's a big uh, rival between you and I. They're playing They're playing well right now. I'm saying the Mar- – I said the Mariners aren't that good. Am I wrong? What's the record now? I mean, I just what four-game sweep of the Angels. Mariners are sixty and fifty-two, six games back in the division. But well, they're like I think four in the wild card, right? In the wild card, and, and by the way, they had to win five in a row to get to that point. It's okay. And they're two and a half back in the wild card. See, that's all. State, let's close the gap. That's all that matters. You said they would win the division. Oh, I just said playoffs. Yeah, I did not say they win the oh, division. Oh, you were talking division, and that's when I called you on it. Mm. And then you backed up because whenever I call you on something, you know a bet's coming, and then you went, oh, it's just playoffs. You had division. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't do that after everyone told me the Padres were going to run away with the NL West. I was like, I can't say that about the Mariners. I'm not that bold. Who said the Padres are going to run away with it? A lot of, does everyone's pick Padres are going to win the NL West? All I know is you were taking Mariners, and I called you on it. I said playoffs. Well, yeah, after after you had them, I, I know to pick not the pick against the Astros in the AL. Oh, because you were picking the Rangers. No, I, I was I was picking the Astros. How could you not pick the Astros? No, not like a Verlander. I, I want to check the tape. You were a big Seattle Mariner. I do want to go back because I need to get Johnny's predictions. You, you, were, you, were, you were catching fish at Pike's Place, whatever it's called. Is that what it, yeah, that's, that is what it is. It's Pike's, what is it? Pike's, Pike's Market. Pike's Place Market. I've actually caught the uh, I was just I've there a few weeks ago. 
Uh, I did. I know. Show my friends the video of you catching the fish. Yeah. It was a thing with the Raiders. I act. They actually took me up. You see that? Whenever you see that, hey, they throw the fish up. They allow people to throw the fish. The guy. They let me be the guy. So I'm up there. All these people are watching, filming it. I catch the fish. Yeah! But the fish, it was a monster fish. And I catch it, and it's slimy. And I'm like, yeah, I got the fish. And then I realize, oh, my, I have to wear this to the game on the sidelines. I have fish all over me. <laughs> I didn't realize that part. Oh, yeah. It was the slime of the fish was all over my skin, all over my pullover. Because the Raiders, we'd always go up there and play in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, hey, this is cool. And I'm walking away going, oh, my God, I'm going to get on the bus and I smell like a fish market. Oh, well. It wasn't my greatest. But it was great for social media, though. All about the views and the clicks. Wow. That's all you kids think about, huh? It's the greatness. Shake your butt and get some Instagram. <laughs> get some Instagrams. I, it's all for the gram, baby. It's all for the gram. Do we got Dennis Ag- I'm not. We already did Dennis Agerson. Yeah, we, got, we got Ricky. Can we get the man of steel? The greatest of all time? By the way, our, our buddy Paul Himbikides sent me a text today about Ricky Henderson because I guess the sports world now knows that we did our interview with Ricky Henderson. There is a Jim Murray, the legendary sports columnist, mentioned something about Ricky Henderson that is so funny, but I don't think it's politically correct today, and I can't read it. Well, that would err on the side of caution, then. I'm going to give it to you during this interview, and you tell me. Ricky Henderson, we know how great he is. I don't need to go over the stats. I He's Ricky Henderson. There's so many teams he played for. So that's All right. So, <laughs> A's, Yankees. Okay, we just got to go down. Blue Jays. Padre, hold on. Oh. Padres, Dodgers, Blue Jays, Mets, Mariners, Red Sox. Um, who is the Long Beach team? Oh, I, yeah. The Surf or the San Diego yeah. Surf or who was that? And then there was there was nine total MLB teams. There was nine. I'm missing a team. Yeah. Angels. Yeah, yeah that's right, Angel. Oh, I got all Ricky's teams. He's great. Hey, he's great for Immaculate Grid. <laughs> Between Rich Hill, Octa- Octavio Dotel, yeah. Ricky Henderson, you got a guy. Oh, uh, oh whoa. CJ Nikowski could be our one yeah. of CJ's Twitter, or sorry, X avatar is Immaculate Grid. It's yeah. just him. Uh, don't forget Edwin Jackson. Edwin Jackson. Who is the all-time leader? Is that Edwin Jackson, Octavio Dotel? Yeah, or? Edwin Jackson's like 14 teams or something like that. Rich Hill's, Rich Hill's 13. at 13, yeah. I still think it's a great thing. I'd love to play in all these different cities. Oh, it's great. You have a jersey with all of them? No, but you, you get to live in all these American cities. and You get to get – I mean, not all – I mean, you play in the big leagues or you play in any of the – see, football, they don't see anything. They fly in, you go to the hotel, you're in meetings the whole time. Basketball you do, hockey you do, but baseball, you get to live in all these different cities in the United States. I think it'd be incredible. Well, Rich Hill wants uh, to- ideally you'd want to play for the same team your entire career. Yeah, well, but Rich- if you're not gonna do that. Rich Hill wants to play again next year too. That's what he said. What is he, forty four? Yeah, he's come- left handed. As long as you're left handed, you get people yeah, out. Look how long Jamie Moyer played. <laughs> Unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, the field is named after him. You can see just over over there. The field is named after Ricky Henderson. 
He is truly, when you talk to Ricky Henderson, you know, there's Hall of Famers, and then there's that upper echelon of Hall of Famers, the guys that are truly the greatest to have ever played. I'm not going to say Ricky Henderson is the greatest to have ever played. It's not my place. I just know he would be in the conversation. No question. Here is A's Hall of Famer, Baseball Hall of Famer, Ricky Henderson. A's Cast Live Hall of Fame Edition. We're here with the greatest of all time, Ricky Henderson. On days like this, it's so special to bring in new guys into this A's Hall of Fame. What's it like for you to welcome people into this club? Oh, it's a great thing to welcome people in the club, but it's a great thing that you play with a lot of these guys, and you know what they went through, you know what they mean to you as well as the team, and getting into the Hall of Fame. It's just a great honor for an organization. To me, organization used to do things like that. It's great for an organization to do things like that, to bring the people back that did something for them, that did something for the city. You know, when I think about you growing up here in Oakland and the 70s teams and a guy like Gene Tennis coming in who won three straight World Series, what's it like? And, of course, we're celebrating Vita Blue also. What is it like for you, these guys coming in now to the Hall of Famer, guys that you grew up watching? It's great. They give them a chance to, you know, like you said, mean a lot to the city. For, for the team to bring in the Hall of Fame, to bring the guys back. The guys that, like you said, when I look up, I get to meet them, I get to see them, I get to sit down and talk to them a lot more. Uh, enjoy their company about what baseball was. But baseball was great to me in the same or something like that. I used to sneak into yeah. the fence. <laughs> you just look at the baseball game. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun for the kids. And of course, Carney Lansford and you play together. You won a championship together. He hit behind you before you went to New York. And then once you came back from New York, talk about Carney Lansford as a teammate. He was a great teammate. He was a hard player. He understand the game. He played the game the right way. He was a leader. You know, when things go wrong, he would speak up. He wanted everybody to go out and, and give their best, no matter what happens. And uh, he broke, seemed like, the bunch together as a family. And, and we understood one another. We knew what we wanted to go do out of the field. So everybody had a part. You think about those teams that you have. We're just talking to Dennis Eckersley, also an ace Hall of Famer. You know, when you guys, when you came back, the team was like a group of rock stars. You went to three straight World Series. You won one. We always joke that you guys couldn't just walk into the hotel. You had to go through the back. I mean, it was like a traveling rock band. When you look back at those times, just how do you feel that you guys were, I mean, truly were great? We could, like you said, we had to go in the back way to get in. We had followed. We had people who that enjoyed us playing the game. So it was, spe- we were, it was special to the people, especially to us, to just to have that feeling going into a, a city or going into a hotel there. You know, you know the people's out there back. You know the people's following you and pulling for you. What do you remember about Jason Giambi? <laughs> Jason Giambi, uh, things I'd probably say, you know, he was, he, was a, he was a young kid when I, when I was up here, when he first came in. And I, I think me and him... Uh, Got together, we clicked as a, as a player, as a person. That's just, a, and me and him had a great time together. We were tight friend, and uh, you know he was one of the special guys to me. Let's end on this because we want you to be able to get ready and celebrate with the guys. Now that we talk about people stealing more bases, 
your name has brought up more than ever lately, talking about want to see more people play like Ricky Henderson. What does that mean to you all these years later? We're talking about we need more of what you brought to the game. Oh, man. <clears throat> I think, it's, you know, when they go about and say they need more of, 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 of people, of players that played the game the right way, I would say it like that, uh, it makes it exciting. You know, and, and to me, when they say they need more people to uh, play the game like Ricky, it's based upon uh, you know, making things happen. And I think this year, to me, I saw a lot of different in, in the kids that's playing the game. Now they seem like they're a little bit more looser. They run in a lot more, and you can sit in the stands and look at the game and enjoy the game. Maybe a couple of years ago, I was getting bored of the game. I said, that's the way I played the game. So uh, it's a lot more exciting now, and I'm, I'm happy that, you know, they changed the game mostly all the way back to where it used to be in game, and kids and stuff like that going to do the fundamental of the game and playing the game. Well, I know A's fans, they'd love to have you back. It means a lot. When Eck comes back and you see Raleigh Fingers and you see the great players and you see not only Ace Hall of Famers, but Baseball Hall of Famers, it means a lot when you come back to the fans. And we always love having you on Ace Cast Live. Thanks so much for the time. Enjoy the day. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. The great Ricky Henderson. All right. Oh, Ricky Henderson. Are you kidding me? We need, you know what? We'll never get a weekly. How about a monthly? I'll take a yearly. I bet if I got him a sponsor. Well, he does sleep on the nest. He does he sleep, does on, sleep nest. on a nest bed. That is true. I mean, I got Mark Kotze a sponsor. I got us a sponsor, Link Soul. By the way, how do you like the Link Soul now, the hats with the, Looks by the good. way, that Luke, Lucas Glover, if you're into golf, who won the PGA Tour event this weekend, Link Soul guy, he had the same shirts we have. I'm wearing one of the summer ones right now. It's the uh, the dry tech. Oh yeah, the the I'm telling you, t-shirts, shorts, pants. Link sold the fabrics. They have some of the best fabrics. It's and the prices are, are phenomenal. You'll love it. Not all of them have what we we have basically with the PGA Tour. We have what the PGA Tour players wear, but their other stuff doesn't doesn't have like the logo will be a little one on the side. So. I mean, you want great polos, hats, everything matches. I mean, they're really key on that, on their colors. It's phenomenal. Linksoul.com. I saw there's a support us. I saw there's a long sleeve shirt in there too. Oh, the pullovers. You're a big. You're you're the big. Well, pullover. the pullover. The, my favorite one's the one we got in the spring one. It's the, the like the turquoise colored one that has the hood. I love that thing. It's uh, a, they, I wear it everywhere. They got great beachwear. That's what's big for me too. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't seen the beachwear yet, but I'm sure it's great. You're not really a beach guy. Uh, I go. To the, we go to the beach once or twice a year. Actually, you go in the water. I do. My wife does not. She's not. She's afraid of like the ocean. I'm not. She grew up in Orange County. I know. Well, I, hey, I grew up six hours from the beach. I'm going. To, you, you bet your. I can't say. Yep. You bet your ass. I'm going in the water. Wow. When I flew all the way for the first time, I was like, "You're going to go in the water." I flew three thousand miles. Yes, I'm going in the water. All right, what are the uh, what are the milestones you got for me? Oh, uh, well, we're getting close on time, but uh, oh, we don't have what time yeah, is it? It's five forty-five. We had to go. You're gonna you got Ace Total Access brought to you by Chevron. That's the thing. It's like I can get. I mean, I got time. I'm ready to rock. And you're telling me we're done? Use we use one of them for the third inning today. You got Wade Boggs. Oh you no, got, no no no! We're gonna play a little. Uh, we should probably play a little Acker, a little uh, or a little. 
Ricky Henderson third inning today. Yeah, I sent a couple over yesterday, so use one where one you didn't use. All right. All right, is that it? Yeah. Uh, program alert, we're going to have Marcus Simeon tomorrow. We're going to tape it before the show. Where so. is Marcus Simeon? He Did was here. T- He's gone already. Did they already take BP? Yeah. They didn't take a full BP, did they? Oh, Marcus was in there swinging. Marcus. We'll have him. We'll have Eno Saris. We'll have David Feldman. We're going to talk to Feldy about the top ten um, baseball players. In, uh, it was supposed to be Seinfeld, but I think we're going to do television. Uh, we're going to have to get into this Hall of Fame. Remember, yes. athletics.com slash vote. You can vote for three for next year's A's Hall of Fame. Voting ends on September 6th. Athletics.com slash vote. It is very tough. Mine, I'm going my guy, Jose Canseco. I'm going Ken Holtzman, one of the great big game pitchers in A's history, a big part of the the, the um, three straight World Series teams. And you think about that pitching game ones, and I'm going for a guy that played here for 11 years, one of four players, one of four, 11 years, straight years. If you left, that doesn't count. You had to play here for 11 years. There's only four guys that have done that in Oakland. Three All-Star games was the All-Star MVP, All-Star game MVP, and a World Series champion, Terry Steinbach. I'm going Jose, Holtzman, Terry Steinbach. I get it. I love Miguel Tejada. I love the big three. A lot of names. I love my guy Coco. Yeah, Coco. Yeah, I mean, I did shows with Coco. But they're young. Plenty of time. We plenty of time to get them in. You got to think about this kind of stuff. Those are those are mine. What do you got? Uh, well, uh, for the sake of argument, I'll go Blue Moon Odom. All right. I'll go. You did Jose, so I'll go. Uh, I'll go Hendu, Dave Henderson. All right. And I'll do Miguel Tejada. Well, in the MVP. So you're sticking with the '70s. Yeah, 80s. I'm doing the one each decade kind of thing. I, you know, the way Giambi was treated, I think Miggy will get something very similar. Because yeah. this, we have so many younger fans now, right? These younger fans just, they'll know about the history. They didn't watch it. And they were, like, like I had the caller last last night in the postgame show, Sigs, I think her name was, and she bringing up something. She's like, oh, I was only nine years old, and that's for Giambi, right? So it's like. You have a lot of these fans to where their guys are Giambi, Hudson Mulder, Zito, the Moneyball era. That's why the Moneyball team is so. And, and even, you know, for like yourself, you weren't even born in 89. Or were you born in yeah, 89? I was born in 88. Yeah, you were born in 88. You're one years old. You don't remember uh, that. I was barely one when that World Series yeah. happened. So it's like me with like, you know, hey, you remember 72? No, I was born in 72. Yeah. So it's like that's just it's the way it is. So it's. I understand that era, but I think we've got time to get Miggy. I think we got time to get the big three. And it's been floated to me. I'm not going to float it out there because I'm not the floater. But it's been floated to me of why not put the big three in together. Hudson Mulder, Zito as one. And then that frees up two more slots. Yeah. Are you guys good with that? Uh, I am, yeah. That's, that's bucking the system right there. That's Houston Astro. You want to go Houston Astro style? Is that what you want to do? The rules say three three votes, three players. You want to do three players and one? Why it's not? It's bucking the system. Well, I mean, I mean, the Astro system is working right now, isn't it? Oh, wow. I'm just saying. Six. This is a guy that sits every night and prays, 
prays to his statue of Jeffrey Lunau every night, lights candles hey. to his tribute to his guy Lunau. Hey, uh, oh, why, why am I drawing a blank on his name um, from, from Major League? Uh, Lou Brown? No, the, the best player. Uh, Pedro Serrano had Joe Boo. I have Jeffrey Lunau. <laughs> Was he really the best player? Joe Boo wasn't the best player. No, no, no. Um, Pedro Serrano, eh, best home run hitter. You may run like Mays, but you hit like bleep. <laughs> and then uh, what about Dorn at third base? <laughs> Lou, Lou in my contract. Lou in my contract. Except yeah, I just, I just love that part where he says about. I thought you said we have any high priced talent. We don't. Dorn's just, oh, just high priced. <laughs> <laughs> you forget how good. Bull Durham was, Major League was. I mean, you put snot on the ball. Ten, ten minutes? You got ten minutes. Oh, I got ten minutes. Yeah. I'm out of here. Thank you, Dennis Eckersley. Thank you, Ricky Henderson and our guy, C.J. Nikowski. Unbelievable job doing Rangers television, but also his talk show where you got two players chopping it up every day, him and Ryan Spielborgs. Uh, it's 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 fantastic on SiriusXM. And don't forget Nikki. Channel Stick it. 89. Oh, yeah. Nikki Pie Nick, Shop. Nikki Pie Shop for coming by. Nikki Stick It, Nikki Lick It, Nikki Pick It, you name it. Nikki, Nikki this, Dig It. Nikki Home Run, whatever the hell you want to call him. Nick Allen, our buddy, was on the show. Great show today. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Don't forget Marcus Simeon. Coming up next, A's Total Access, brought to you by Chevron. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better. All thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.